You're listening to the Faith Roots Audio Podcast with Pastor Willie George. You can watch the full video version of this episode and join the conversation with your comments on the Faith Roots YouTube channel. Simply search Faith Roots on YouTube and be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Now, here's Pastor Willie George with today's message. Hello, I'm Willie George. Welcome to this section of lessons on the children's ministry of Jesus. We're going to be covering a little different ground than what we started with. We started with last week the foundation, which basically says that every gift that is today in the body of Christ was first given to Jesus. So he was an apostle, a prophet, an evangelist, a pastor, and a teacher, and other things besides those. But I want to turn you today to John chapter 14 and verse 12 to this idea. And he said, verily, verily, or most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, will he do also. Now, a lot of people read this and they apply this, and I think it should apply to the works that Jesus did in power, the miraculous works he's saying, that my miraculous works will continue. But that's not the only thing that it means. It means that we have a responsibility to do all of the works that Jesus did, even those that don't have anything to do with the supernatural, and we're talking about Jesus' care for children. And we've made this case for the church to continue in what Jesus started. We certainly believe that he started this. Now, Christ could perform any function and operate in any gift or stand in any office for one particular reason. He had the Holy Spirit without measure, meaning that there was no gift that he did not have, no ability that was not imparted to him. Now, make it clear, he divested himself of all of this power when he came to be a baby in the womb of Mary. He had to be repowered, so to speak, when he was baptized in the Jordan River and the Spirit came upon him. And from that moment, he had the Spirit without measure. It says about him shortly after in the Gospel of John chapter 2, this beginning of miracles did Jesus do at Cana in Galilee where he turned the water into wine. There are all kinds of apocryphal stories about Jesus making clay doves and breathing on them and sending them flying away. That's baloney, because the Scripture makes it very clear that the first miracle that he did was the turning of the water into wine. He could not have done those other things as a child because he did not yet have the anointing of the Holy Spirit in full measure with which to do that. Now, John 3.34 says this, For he whom God has sent speaks the words of God, for God gives not the Spirit by measure unto him. The idea here is that all other prophets, all other ministers, everybody to follow, they all had the Holy Spirit in a measure, but never in an unlimited supply like Christ. So in the present day, the anointing of the Spirit is not confined to one person as it was in the days of Jesus. It is spread abroad 
to the entire body of Christ. You can see this very clearly in the book of Acts in chapter 5 when Philip went down to Samaria and he preached Christ and there were amazing miracles that took place there uh, with the preaching of Philip. Uh, But then when it came time for these people to be filled with the Holy Spirit, the church at Jerusalem sent unto them the apostles Peter and John, who had that kind of an anointing. They had the anointing to get people filled with the Holy Spirit. So Philip's ministry was that he was an evangelist. He was a deacon at that point in time, but he eventually became known as an evangelist, which means that he is basically sharing the good news, invading dark places. And when you invade dark places with good news, God gives you signs. And that's what we see with Philip at Samaria. So, uh, for he whom God has sent speaks the words of God, for God gives not the Spirit by measure unto him. So Jesus came with an anointing that was beyond measure. Uh, John said if all that he did were written down, the world couldn't contain the books. Uh, John also says these things are written that you might believe, meaning that if I told you everything, you wouldn't believe it. So I'm not going to tell you but what I feel that the Spirit wants me to tell you. Uh, But the incredible things Jesus did were just beyond belief, just amazing things. Now, in the present day, the anointing of the Spirit is scattered around the globe to the whole of the body of Christ. Now think about it. At one time, when Satan wanted to persecute the body of Christ, he only had to look for one person, and that was Jesus, because Jesus was the only place where the anointing was. But after he died on the cross and made possible the new birth, gave people the baptism of the Holy Spirit, now all of a sudden the devil's got a little bit more of a difficult challenge. He's got to hunt all over the globe. And today the sun never sets on the born-again, spirit-filled church of Jesus Christ. It is at work all over the globe, and there is nothing the enemy can do to stop it. Listen to 1 Corinthians 12, 12, New King James Version. For as the body is one and has many members... But all of the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. So we may be varied, and we don't have the same function, and we don't have the same gifts, but we are still the body of Christ, even though we're many. So in simple terms, God has assigned to us unique abilities and gift sets that taken collectively are meant to replicate the work of Christ. No one ministry, no one church will completely replicate the ministry of Jesus. We have elements of what he does. But when taken as a whole around the globe, the church is doing the ministry of Jesus. These members are uniquely different, and they don't perform the same functions. Some perform functions that are very attractive, that a lot of people want to be around. Some people have an amazing speaking ability. They're just amazingly entertaining. They're magnetic. We want to be around them. There are other people who may be every bit as important in terms of what they communicate. They just may not have that same magnetic uh, communication ability. That doesn't mean they're not important. Listen to what the Scripture says about this. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 20-26, through 26, and I'm doing this from 26 translations. 
And 26 translations um, is a collection of 26 totally different translations of the Bible. And what I did is I picked different parts of each verse as the translations gave it based upon what I felt like was the clearest example of what they meant. All right, here we go. 1 Corinthians 12, 20. In fact, however, there are many different organs yet but one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. Quite the contrary. Those organs of the body, which seem to be weaker, are indispensable. And those members of the body, which we think common, we surround with special honor. The parts which do not look beautiful have a deeper beauty in the work that they do. Whereas the beautiful need no adornment, but God has combined the various parts of the body, giving special honor to that which needed it most, that there might be no division in the body, but that the members should have a common concern for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together, or if one member is honored with all members, they rejoice with it. So what you see is the members that are the most visible. And as you look at the human body, the human body has certain parts that are very visible, that are certainly attractive. They need to be on display. We see them. Um, and, and we see the hands, we see the arms, we see the face. Uh, so these are on display. Other parts of our bodies were meant to be covered. They do not need to be exposed. Uh, <laughs> one of my favorite preachers was a great big heavyset guy. And he certainly need, didn't need to be preaching with his shirt off. Uh, nor did the skinny guy for that matter. But the point that I'm making is, is that there are certain things that, that just have a beauty about them that can be uncovered. And there are some people that are so beautiful in the way they are gifted, in the way they communicate, that they're the kind of people who can be displayed openly in the body of Christ. Then there are other people who what they do is completely behind the scenes. It's not exciting what they do. I think about all of our business administrators and our people who deal with the money and who have to do the counting and the planning and the business side of things. And a lot of times they do not have the greatest personalities, but they have an inward discipline to help guide the church into financial stability. And so they're very necessary. They're part of the body. They have a totally different function than those who are gifted speakers, but they do have important assignments. And so what you see is, is that there are some parts of the body who do their thing in private or where they are not seen, were not meant to be seen, and children's ministry is certainly that kind of thing. Now, I would always do things to highlight children's ministry, but when I did children's presentations to the adult church, I almost never did the whole thing unless there was a special service where everybody knew coming in, this is going to be a family service. Now, I used to do those in churches all over America. We called them gospel bill rallies. And we did them knowing that 60% of our audience would be adult, uh, but 40% 
percent children, and although we did teach the children, we also kept in mind we had adults there. So what we did was we created a little bit of a hybrid service that would be appealing to both, and it was fast-moving enough that both enjoyed it. And the adults never bogged down in it. In fact, they saw the wisdom in how we communicated with kids, and they came out with an entirely new appreciation of what children's ministry is all about. And here's another thing that happened. I know how I felt as a young man when God uh, began to deal with me about children's ministry. I thought, is this because I can't do it with adults, that I can't function with adults? And the, the Lord had to show me, no, this has nothing to do with that. You are going to do this because it needs to be done. It has nothing to do with your lack of ability in ministry with adults. And so when parents came with their children to my Gospel Bill rallies, they saw that I was communicating effectively and with wisdom and that it was well thought out. It was very tastefully done. And you know what the result was? Loads and loads of men said, I could do that as well, and I'm going to be involved in kids' ministry. I gave loads of men permission to be involved with children's ministry. It, I'm not putting women down at all when I say this, but women have always yielded to the call of God for ministry to kids. They've always been there. They've held the door open for us. It's the men who counted themselves too sophisticated or too masculine or too whatever. Uh, so they stayed away from this. But that's why God used me. I'm a man's man and a former football player and an outdoorsman and rugged and bench press almost 500 pounds, not anymore, but used to. And, and as a result, there were loads of men who wanted to be a part of the children's ministry because they saw that in me. I gave them permission to do that. So this is the kind of thing that God does. God uses certain elements of His body and in order for them to be able to replicate, we have to put more honor on them. And so when I would go to these churches and do my gospel bill rallies, what was happening was the Holy Spirit was honoring one of those areas of ministry that was unseen and hidden most of the time, but he was giving it an abundance of honor in order that it might be celebrated and in order that more people might participate in it. So... The person who thinks, you know, that children's ministry stuff, I couldn't do it. It's not important. Uh, you know, you're making a mistake just because you don't do it or because you don't see that value in it. That doesn't mean it isn't important. It's very important. And here's what I've seen. You give it a little time and you'll see it's important because your church will wake up one day and there won't be anybody to lead it because you didn't make an investment in the next generation. And that is when you realize, okay, we should have done something. Well, that's all the time I have for this one, but we will not finish. We will be here tomorrow and I hope to see you then. I want to thank you for watching our podcast today. And if you really liked it, would you please give us a little thumbs up by clicking on that sign down below. And then I would encourage you to subscribe to our channel so you don't miss any of our future podcasts because they're all going to be good. And if you would like to support us financially, either with a one-time gift or recurring gift, you can do that by clicking on the link below are going to MyFaithRoots.com. Thank you so much for watching this program.
We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Ratings and reviews help us reach more people. So take a moment to leave a review on your podcast app and consider sharing an episode with a friend or family member that needs to be built up and encouraged in the Lord today. Thank you for listening.